We welcome your ears. We welcome your ears. We welcome your ears. This whole thing about searching for happiness. We'll ask you this, Peter. Sure. You have two choices. You can live in a world where you are completely free to do whatever you want, or okay. you can live in a world in which you are guaranteed to be completely happy no matter what happens. Which world would you choose? I think I would choose freedom. Why? Because to me, freedom is part of happiness. The freedom to make choices for me is under my control. At least that's the way I perceive it. And you could experience terrible things out of your freedom of choice. It isn't going to be always happiness. You're listening to The Sill Podcast with Peter Noche and Harry Posner. Episode 174, PH Factor, Seduction for Sale. Instant coffee's gonna get you. Come on in, have a seat. Join the conversation. Well, this is our 174th episode, PH Factor, Seduction for Sale. Instant coffee's gonna get you. Harry, instant coffee's not going to get us. Because we're having freshly roasted coffee. <laughs> Only the best for us roasted. Right, because we're not about instant gratification for a lesser quality. We're making the coffee and actually enjoying it. And for me, seduction, for sale, the immediate thought was the phrase instant gratification. Mm -hmm. That's the seduction. It's our inclination to search out pleasures in life. Right. The pursuit of pleasure is closely aligned to the pursuit of happiness, wouldn't you say? Yes. Some people say happy. Some people say contentment. I tend to be one of the contentment people. For me, the definition of happiness is more about contentment. Mm -hmm. Seems more achievable to me. Yeah. Now, that state of being, the seeking after pleasure or happiness, really is a late development, if you think about it. Because in the earlier days of human evolution, our day-to-day -day lives would not be spent in the pursuit of happiness or contentment. It would be in the pursuit of survival. That's what we're here to discuss today and how we live in a world where we're just used to everything being instant and have no patience for literally anything anymore. Mm -hmm. And that impatience really is something that has been seduced out of us, if you think about it. I mean, the whole idea of instant coffee when it first came out, my parents went out and bought it like everyone else, and we had instant coffee in our house. In fact, we didn't have any percolated coffee at all. It was just mm -hmm. instant that we knew, but it was so easy that you just felt, oh, that's a good thing. You know, that's a good development. But mm -hmm. there are lots of cultures like the one you're from where that's not how you'd make coffee, right? No, in fact, I was spared that completely because if it hadn't been for television, I would have never known what instant coffee was because it was never in my home. It was uh, espresso was being made and espresso was actually being made, taking the time to take out the unit to put in the coffee grinds. Mm -hmm. It actually took time to make the coffee. It was almost like a ritual. Yeah. Other kinds of pleasure. Mm -hmm. Sure. If we just had instant everything, it might be convenient. But happiness? I don't know about that. The same thing with entertainment. People used to sit around the piano, if they had one, and make music and sing together. Mm -hmm. And then radio comes along, television, and now at the press of a button, you've got immediate entertainment. On the internet, any song you like is at your disposal that's mm -hmm. ever been made. 
Yeah. And if we go to the actual, let's say, definition of instant gratification, which is basically the desire to experience pleasure or fulfillment without any delay. Mm -hmm. In today's world, we seem to be obsessed with constantly needing stimulation. Yeah. And why do you think that is? Well, I saw a term that was really interesting to me, and it, it kind of said it very succinctly, and they called it a dopamine delivery system, e. which is basically our hormones and what we get naturally out of our system when we're enjoying pleasure events. E. We get a dopamine fix, and the dopamine delivery system is now brought to us by our smartphones, for example. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, advertisers long, long ago caught on to the idea that if you could connect a dopamine hit to an image of our product, you could sell that product more readily. Sounds like Pavlov's dogs. It's totally Pavlov's dogs. It's completely conditioned reflex training, if you like. Train these dogs to salivate. He paired a sound with a piece of meat, and eventually the dog would salivate to the sound only. So he trained them to salivate to that sound. Much the same way we salivate when we hear the ding of our phones. Yeah, kind of, or the like, or the number of likes on our Facebook upload, that sort of thing. So there's all these little dopamine hits that we get during the day via technology, via friendship, via uh, our sexual or love partners. And we kind of rely on moving from happiness to happiness, from moment of contentment to moment of contentment. And when that isn't there, we start to slide down into mild or heavy depression in some cases. Mm -hmm. right? And really, I think it ends up doing the opposite because there are a lot of negative things that are associated with instant gratification. For example, the decreased attention span. Right. Something which is really problematic because that decreased attention span affects us mentally and socially. Mm -hmm. Do you remember there used to be something called shaggy dog stories? The yes. people would share. And these stories would be called shaggy dog stories. I'm not sure why they were called shaggy dog, but essentially they were stories that went on and on and on and never really got to the point in a way. <laughs> and people had to listen and listen. And where's the punchline? Where's the punchline? And it never came. It just went on and on and on. And But we had attention back then to stay with that kind of story. Whereas nowadays, we'd probably turn off inwardly within 30 seconds if we didn't get the gist of something. Yeah, there were experiments that were done. Now, I don't know the specific case with videos, for example, that people, if they were not accessing the material after they pressed the play button within two or three seconds, 5% of the people attempting it left after two seconds and something like an additional 5% for every second that elapsed after that. So if that video wasn't playing within a 10 second span, a full 30 or 40% of the people who were trying to access it just left it altogether. Yeah. And why is that? Because technology has made that possible all across the board. Once upon a time, when we had to, for example, receive a fax or messaging through the computer system back in the day in the 80s, you'd mm -hmm. have to wait sometimes 20, 30, a minute. <laughs> before the whole thing loaded in, right? And, but right, you didn't sit right. there twiddling your thumbs going, come on, come on, you know, hurry up, hurry up. You just went with the technology of the time and you knew that's how long it took. And so you just waited patiently, right? Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. now with the increase in speed, everybody is expecting instant access. 
to whatever they want, whenever they want it. Mm -hmm. And that's pleasurable for people, I guess. Well, I guess, too, it depends on how you define things, because inherent in all that, when things are happening that quickly or the expectancy of things to happen that quickly, your brain no longer has to work. <laughs> sure. So, for example, when you're working on a, a skill or a hobby, it requires time for those skills to be acquired and to be developed. But now your brain is used to everything being instant. What we're doing right now, for example, you don't really have to know anywhere near as much as, say, a broadcaster or an audio producer would have had to have known 15, 20 years ago in order to do just what we're doing. Because when we press a button, certain things are already activated. The whole process of getting it to here is eliminated. Right, right. And in some ways, that's a good thing, too. This is yes. not all negative, but there's a point where we start to get lazy, let's say, mm -hmm. and... We stop using our brains, we stop using our minds, and we start skimming along the surface of things and grabbing what's out there that's being given to us at top speed, processing it, moving on to the next thing and the next thing. So we never sort of go deeply into anything as a result. Young people have been entrained into a kind of life that is quick and immediate and on the surface. And so when they don't get those things, they don't know what to do because they're not used to going deeper and taking the time and thinking in silence and not rushing at life. So we're in that very strange place now where we rely on, for example, the media mm -hmm. to direct our attention, right, left, center, spotlight on the Ukraine, spotlight on COVID, spotlight on whatever or we don't know what to actually look at in the world. So we're reliant, we've given our reliance over to the media to tell us what to think about mm -hmm. and talk about. I also think that it's easy to lose interest in your passions when you're in this kind of world. Mm -hmm. Many people who were doing something, for example, pursuing playing an instrument or writing, and then they move to this game playing, smartphone handling at your fingertips. You can ask any question and get an immediate answer. You want to learn a basic skill. It bypasses all the fundamentals that it would take to get that skill. So it's difficult for us if we're functioning in that system to then have our brain running at that speed and then pulling away from that and going back to, what was that thing that said that it requires you to do something 10,000 times before you become expert mm -hmm. at it? Malcolm Gladwell, yeah. Right. So, I mean, obviously you can argue the number, but the point is you're not going to get anywhere near that level because that's what our brains are used to. That's what they're getting used to. So any kind of effort or work becomes more difficult. Right. So it's not even that we chose this way of living in the world, per se, because in our title of this podcast, we have the word seduction. And mm -hmm. so in a sense, we have been seduced into buying into this way of processing reality, processing life. I think there's a very interesting video on YouTube we should direct people to where Jordan Peterson was being interviewed, and the interviewer asked mm. him, so how are you? How are you doing? Are you happy? How are you doing? And Jordan Peterson went into this two or three minute response 
where he teared up because he was talking about how happiness on the surface of things is completely meaningless, really, and that it's not an aim. The mm -hmm. aim is to do something worthwhile in the world, and if happiness is there as a byproduct, wonderful. But it's not the essence. It's not the essential goal. The process is more important than the destination. Yeah, and the depth of the process and what you go through and your changes. And those changes could be terrifying and terrible, but it's not about making those experiences happy. It's right. about making them real and truthful and beautiful, is what he's saying. Mm -hmm. Are you happy? What's a better question for me to ask Jordan Peterson? How are you doing? How are you doing? Hmm? How are you doing? Brilliantly and terribly. That's, you know, when you listen to a profound piece of music, one that sort of spans the whole emotional experience, it's not happy. Happy is elevator music, and probably you just shouldn't listen to that at all, right? And, and you think, why? Well, it, it's harmless, it's treacly, it's sweet, uh, it's simple, it lacks depth, it's shallow, that's a problem. Um, it doesn't have that deep sense of awe and horror, I would say, that is characteristic of the best of all music. You know, you listen to some mis simple music, so-called. Hank Williams is a good example. You know, the blues cowboy from the 50s who died of alcoholism when he was 27 and whose voice sounds like an 80-year-old man. Simple melody, you know, but there's nothing simple in the song and, and in the voice. It's deep, you know, it's like the blues. It's, it's like black blues in the States from the 20s, and it was certainly influenced by that tradition. There's this admission of a deep suffering at the same time as you get the beautiful transcendence of the music. And that's meaning, you know, that's awful in the most fundamental sense, but you need an antidote to suffering and it has to be deep. And you know, deep moves you tectonically and it's not a trivial thing. And, but that's better than happiness. And maybe if you're lucky while you're pursuing that and while you're immersed in it, you get to be happy and, and you should fall on your knees and be grateful for that when it happens. You know, it's a gift. It really is a gift. And it comes upon you unexpectedly, your happiness, you know. But you aim to climb uphill to the highest peak you can possibly envision. And that's, that's better than happiness. This whole thing about searching for happiness. I'll ask you this, Peter. You sure. have two choices. You can live in a world where you are completely free to do whatever you want, or okay. you can live in a world in which you are guaranteed to be completely happy, no matter what happens. Which world would you choose? I think I would choose freedom. Why? Because to me, freedom is part of happiness. The freedom to make choices for me is under my control. At least that's the way I perceive it. And you could experience terrible things out of your freedom of choice. It isn't going to be always happiness. Well, part of what makes me appreciate and happy about certain things is the fact that I have gone through some difficulties. It's given me a more expansive view of things. Mm -hmm. And it's dependent on me. I'm not counting on outside sources to fulfill that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I would yeah, choose freedom I mean, as well. Why? Well, because I think life is a more varied feast. It's more kaleidoscopic. 
And the simple idea of I need to be happy and if I'm happy, that's all I need to be. Yeah, it just seems limiting to me. Like there's nowhere to go. I mean, it's basically you just give yourself to whatever promise is being given to you and there's no exploration. There's no adventure. There's no, there's no aha moments. You're guaranteed everything. Right, right. It doesn't seem very appealing to me. Yeah. And so we've been seduced into the happiness side of that equation. And, and so my question is, what is the mindset of the people who were the seducers that got us here? To this place? Well, I have an idea based on something called the pleasure principle. Yeah. So the pleasure principle basically says that we have a tendency to seek pleasure and avoid pain. And we are also far more preoccupied with loss and pain than we are with happiness and pleasure. And I think that they capitalized on that in terms of what affects us the most. So if you have that understanding of human nature, then you can plan your strategy to encompass those ideals. What's the mindset of the seducer, is what I'm asking, that they create this world for us where we're seduced by sexual innuendo or imagery, we're seduced by the promise of great money and fame, we're seduced by ego stroking, all of those things. What kind of consciousness sits back and goes, yeah, if we just seduce these people to the point where we can get them to do whatever we want, what a great world it will be. Well, if you go back to what I said about our tendency to seek pleasure and avoid pain, the person doing the seducing is doing the same thing. There's a real strong economic factor in our world because our world revolves around money. Mm -hmm. And money gives us many of those pleasures. So the seducer ironically, is seeking the same thing that he's applying. Yeah, he's the maestro. But why did that mind, that consciousness, come to the forefront in the creation of the modern world? Why not a mind or a person who was interested in stimulating and challenging people rather than seducing them? That's a good question, but I think it points to what we're talking about here. It's easier. It's, it's easier to seek something that requires less effort and more gain in terms of what we perceive to be, because we've been constantly pushing for progress, and progress to us has always been symbolized by material gains, by more comfort, more comfort, more pleasure, more comfort, less work. Yeah, so we become lazy as human beings, at least in the Western cultures. Yes, because we continue to elevate our standard of living, but the standard of living also brings with it complacency and other flaws. It's not a balanced picture. Mm -hmm. I think that's what's happening. I think even gratification, we have a desire to avoid delay. It's uncomfortable to think of ourselves in self-denial. Our instincts are to seek pleasure at every opportunity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But what happens when life uh, happens while you're making other plans, so to speak? Well, exactly. And now the pleasure principle is not being fulfilled, and now you're in a difficult place in your life, and you're used to having instant gratification, instant pleasures, having all your problems solved very quickly, but you're in a place right. now where that's not possible. That's a very, very difficult place to be if you're not used to being there. You know what I mean? Well, I think that's where we kind of are now with this whole COVID situation, wars, uh, economic disparity, all these things. This is what we're building up to. I think this is what's missing right now. 
I think there's a huge distraction going on. I believe that we're being distracted constantly. Yeah, and that's exactly what seduction is. A seduction distracts the person, mm-hmm. and the hidden agenda then is enacted while the person is being distracted by the seducer. It's classic magician stuff. It really is, isn't it? Watch the watch, mm-hmm. watch the watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, it goes back to the pleasure principle. It's taking you away from your pain. The seducer knows this, taking you away from the things that you don't want to deal with or you don't want to even acknowledge exist. And if I can seduce you into maintaining that, which is essentially what drugs and excessive use of alcohol and all of that do, they numb you out. Mm -hmm. They allow you to keep that at bay. But that's very short term kind of consequence. Mm -hmm. I mean, is the pleasure really that great? What does this instant gratification really cost me? Sure. Unfortunately, most of us have to go through that in order to understand its relative significance or importance. Well, we tend to seduce ourselves at a certain point. (laughs) It's called justifying whatever it is that you're focusing on. Yeah, you're rationalizing your choice. Mm -hmm. When in fact, what you've done is you've seduced yourself into making that choice for instant gratification, sort of promising that you'll somehow make it right later or do something else to make yourself healthier. I'm sure I'll have the extra apple pie and I'll just do an extra run tomorrow or the next day or the day after that. So you're able to seduce yourself actually into a lot of these problematic activities. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing on a world scale to me anyway. As long as the seducee is not willing to go beyond the simple pleasure generated to oneself from allowing the seduction, the seduction will continue. Yes, of course, because the seducer, whether it's the technology producers or media conglomerates, they're not interested in any way, shape or form in ending the seductive relationship that they have with people. It's not going to happen from their side. You mentioned Peterson a couple of times during this podcast. I think that's what he and many like him are talking about. They're talking about looking beyond the seduction, his or her seduction, mm-hmm. right? Yes. They're not going to pick people or pick situations that is going to offer a lot of resistance to that. Yep. It's a manipulation. The more I think about it, the pleasure principle goes back again to the balance. Are you able to attain or achieve that pleasure while at the same time not become a slave to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good uh, challenge to people, isn't it? If we're going to wrap this up in some ways mm. to ask yourself, how do you, A, seduce your own self into making bad choices or unhealthy choices in life, let's say? Where are the controls in your life and how do you nip those in the bud? And they could start by... Not buying instant coffee. (laughs) (laughs) But the whole idea of instant coffee, if you think about instant coffee, maybe we can close on this note. So instant coffee in itself, if on an occasion that your time is limited or that you have something that comes up where that particular day or week you use instant coffee, 
as opposed to on Monday, I've got a meeting at nine, it's 10 to nine. I don't have time to do my usual thing. This morning, I will have instant coffee. However, tomorrow and on the weekend, I'm going back to my routine so that I can enjoy the process of making the coffee, better coffee, more environmentally friendly coffee, et cetera, et cetera, right? Well, no, so, I think that you just call into work and say, Boss, I'm going to be two hours late today because I have to make my homegrown coffee and grind the beans and uh, take my time. Sorry, it's going to be a couple hours later today. <laughs> well, if you value it enough, it might cost you your job. That's a personal decision. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah. The point is, does it become your way of being or is it just a temporary shift? I stopped listening to you about a minute ago as soon as you mentioned apple pie. Again, my mind kind of just saw this slice and it's just dribbling with that juicy apple but, interior, a bit of cinnamon, maybe some ice cream on the top would be nice. That's simple. That's what I'm doing. I don't know, but what are you, you going to do to instantly gratify All right, yourself? You're giving into the seduction. <laughs> yeah. Well, I probably am too. Maybe not apple pie, but I'll probably pick my own poison. How's there you that? go. Enjoy your poison, folks. All right. All right. By the way, Harry is in the process of uh, moving to another province in the next few weeks or months. Actually, what, Harry, now it's about uh, two months away? Yeah, a few months away. Uh, probably July. July, and you're off to Nova Scotia. Mm -hmm. Yes, a new world, a new chapter, new opportunities for instant gratification and pleasure. All right. Well, on that note, Harry. Ciao, Peter. Ciao, Harry. The Sill Podcast is a Connecting Dots Media production. Available at thesillpodcast.com. Thank you for your donation to The Sill Podcast.